Martin, Nick, and Nick of Outrage AD join the antidote. Thanks for coming for a talk, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Nick and Nick, do you guys ever mix each other up? All the time. All the time. So there's Nick with a K and Nick with a C. <laughs> and that's how you actually announce each other. This is Nick K. This is Nick C. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Nicholas, but uh, with uh, one with an H, one without an H. So yeah, we just differentiate the Nick like that. Your band has been described as pioneers of Christian death metal. We're talking about the early 90s. Were there other Christian artists doing this kind of thing back then? Mortification. Mortification, Believer, was a big influence on us. Seventh Um, Angel. Seventh Angel for you, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, because the the band started probably like 90 or 91. Yeah, the band started and it was just for fun. And we were just playing in the basement to impress the three girls that live in my village. (laughs) <laughs> two of them were my cousins so the other one was obviously my girlfriend and i just started making music because i i, I didn't want to play other people's music i wanted to do my own so i started making some music and one of my friends from high school uh he, he wrote a lot of poetry and he just decided hey oh let's put that on that song and then nick with a k heard that we were without a drummer because the drummer we had had to move uh, somewhere so he came down and he he went to the same high school as my girlfriend so he came down and we started jamming and then one day he said hey why don't we turn this into a christian band and i'm like great you know we all went to church every sunday and we were all christians and instead of having the blood and guts he said that every other band we were listening to did he said hey why not have just something different uh, a bit more positive and that pertain to a lot of people out there. So we had a lot of songs that had kind of meaningless vocals, and then Nick started writing Christian-based songs, and they fit really well. I don't think we ever thought twice about it. We just kept on going and kept writing, and everything was uh, Christian-themed. And the fun thing is that because we went to two different high schools, we had that many more kids that would come to our shows, and they never thought anything bad about it being christian and the fact that you know that you know when we did the reunion they were still singing the lyrics and so it is pretty cool <laughs> well that was something i was curious about because of course you'd mentioned that outrage ed came from small town ontario death metal i mean it couldn't have been too common there but your music and the message were accepted oh yeah but the fun thing about death metal is that we weren't really we didn't think we could sing very well, so doing the death metal thing was, to us, easier. And I'm a huge Sacrifice fan, so I like that more screamish, high pitch. And Nick really liked the death metal, so our voices kind of like blend in well because it wasn't the same. You, you could tell the difference when I'm singing versus when he's singing. So we thought it meshed well, and... I mean, later on, we made bands that we had cleaner vocals and we were a bit more open with the way our voices sound because we always wanted to do it ourselves. And the more people you have in a band, it's like, you know, you have uh, more issues, especially when you live in a small town. So, yeah, he can't make it because he lives an hour away. He can't make it and this and that. So by just being like a three piece is very easy. And then we just relied on ourselves to, to do the vocals. 
you guys, even with the Christian message, you couldn't have been playing churches. I mean, <laughs> they would have stoned the band. Well, back in the day, that was the thing is you could rent halls and, you know, little areas that can host 300, 400 people, and we would pack it. My high school was, uh, I don't know, almost 2,000 students, and Nick's high school was like, what? Just 200. 200 but, uh, but we were both Catholic uh, kind of high schools, yeah. so all the kids would appreciate the message. Oh, and we always had themes. You know, one time we baptized the crowd. <laughs> one time we would have somebody recreating the crucifixions. We always had fun. I mean, almost everybody kind of had a part in there. We always have, you know, our friends would come down and they would help with the lights or they would help with the sound or they would, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. So it was kind of like just a gathering and it was really fun. We were 14. <clears throat> Art was 14 on bass. Mart was uh, 15. 15, I was 16. I was the only one with a driver's license. So <laughs> the fact that we were teenagers for the fact that the uh, the voice, we tried to do a few like grungy songs because the grunge was getting bigger at that point. And, uh, you, you know, you're developing, so you have all this weird voice. So we said, we'll wait till we're uh, finished growing to do the clean stuff, but we'll do the, uh, the Chris Barnes stuff for now. I'm going to do a really lame segue because I was talking about stoning, but being stoned is part of one of your songs, Unreal Trip, which gets into substance abuse. <laughs> but that's an anti. <laughs> that's the thing. I've, I've actually never did a drug in my life, and I don't think Nick no. either. No, not uh, not illegal. Uh, no. my own, my own. <laughs> Which uh, by now will won't be something really big next year when that becomes legal, anyways. Yeah, but, but we decide not to uh, to go that way. We yeah. were actually quite straight edge back then. Very. Uh, we enjoy a nice uh, uh, beverage now, yeah. especially microbreweries. So, uh, but uh, but back then we didn't do like anything at all. It just. Uh, but I think that was the biggest bond because back then, if you didn't drink or do drugs. It was kind of like, yeah, you're an outcast. And me and Nick really bonded over the fact that we like Pepsi. We freaking love <laughs> Pepsi. It's like the Melvins. And we really bonded over the fact that because there's no peer pressure, if your friend doesn't do it, you don't do it. And you're fine with that. And it was like, oh, my God. So we used to talk every night, hang out every other night and play Frisbee till five in the morning and just do, you know, really immature but legal stuff <laughs> <laughs> it seems like with the song that you were trying to take on the role of a teacher instructing people on what not to do yes. yeah back then it was more uh direct you know how even like the the whole church system went from many years ago being very don't do this don't do that and we were obviously brought up that way in a sense and it became a bit more liberal now so you don't have to dictate so much which is why some of the last few songs especially the ones on the album which were in a later date they're not so much um, direct teenager kind of like don't do this I brought up the point of death and thrash not being a part of the Christian music scene in the early 90s was that Christian message really the main reason for the music of the band, or was that just coincidental? I think it came later on, but the thing is that once we decided to play on that theme, we were really all in. I, I, we were like, geez, this is like the best thing that we could ever do with it, because then you stand out a little more, and for us, it was our values. It was like, well, this is this is the right way to go. You know, because I actually listened to the original versions a couple of days back of, you know, 
massive life was called the pit, and it was about this swimming hole we had, and God was called brains and guts about this, like, terrible car accident. And, you know, I, and I think that came from listening to uh, well, that was Cannibal, Cannibal Corpse's Corpse. album, yes. You know, and... <laughs> That's the thing is that when you're kids, you write stuff. You don't really think about it. You just ah, da, da. but when we got into the Christian writing, we we actually thought a lot more of what we were saying. And I think that uh, when uh, Nick, without the K, wrote New Blood, he really took a theme and made this like great song about a new Christian thing that we never explored. And, and it, it's Thank really you. yeah freaking love that song it's it's and it was fun it, it's fun and the thing is, is it's always positive and and that's what music to me even if it's not supposed to be christian to me music is positive it's always a big upper everybody listens to music it's it's something that makes you feel better and and why not you know give a little you know thanks to the lord as you're doing it we're here talking about New Blood, I mean, which is a great title for the release, but really, you guys could have called it Old Blood. I mean, it's been 25 years. 25, yeah, 26 now. But the fact that uh, the new Nick uh, Basis uh, decided to, he brought some New Blood into and also wrote the song, uh, the lyrics, and Mart had this uh, this awesome riff that he was planning to use with other bands, and and we, and Nick and I just sat there one night and said, wow, this song sounds like, uh, reminds me a bit of some DSI kind of stuff we used to listen to in the early 90s. So, uh, you know, having a, an alternative for, uh, for that kind of music for some people that can't support the uh, satanic uh, lyrics and the new blood of, uh, of Nick and the band, can I say. Why was it that it took you guys so long to put this out as an official release? <laughs> <laughs> Funny, funny story. So, <laughs> yeah, I, we that, actually. That's ha- the, I think that's the key question of the whole interview. But it's because of <laughs> it's because of Nick without the K there. We had I don't know five projects. One was a uh, me and Nick with the K. We had five things. So we had a acoustic duo. We had a alternative three piece. We had outrage. We had a French Canadian band. So we had four. I had five because I had twelve bands. But I was reviving our French-Canadian band because I lived in the Middle East for eight years, and I was missing my, my French. So in order for me to like get back in my groove, I started writing again for my French band. And then Nick and Nick were talking, and Nick was saying, oh, yeah, we should like revive this French thing. And then Nick says, no, you should revive Outrage. So it's really because uh, of him saying, you should probably revive that stuff because... To be honest, I haven't thought of outrage in, in a long time as a relevant thing. But as you go back in history, we are one of the first to actually be doing that as a death metal act. And it was, you know, it's it's humbling now, 25 years later. But back then, we didn't think anything of it. We, we weren't doing it to be the first, that's for sure. Yeah, my two cents there is really like, I think coming from the outside of this band, and I got to know these guys really later on. Um, outrage was really something that I would see as being first and foremost very genuine and uh, being a big fan of mortification and understanding where the first wave of Christian death metal came from I think there was something with outrage that was just like a pure gem especially as you mentioned earlier 
coming from a small town in Canada, like who would expect that? And I think that was first and foremost, like for me, something to say, like you guys like have something that maybe you're not realizing and you have great songs, you have a great theme, you have, you know, everything there. Why not revive that or something like that? And from there, it's uh, Nick with a K that uh, talked about it and convinced uh, Martin to just just revive it. I want to get it straight. The songs on the release are actually, are those original recordings from the early 90s? No, we re-recorded them, but they were composed back in 92, 3, And we four, decided maybe. not to change... So, yeah, we basically took the the demos and I redid them uh, with the click tracks and that Nick went to uh, Apartment 2 Studios, did the drums there, and I did the guitar work in my little basement here and the vocals that I do, I did in my vocal studio. And added New Blood to it. Yeah, New Blood was the only new track that I showed the guys and I said, look, you know, if we want to redo something... This is something that kind of fits in. and Because I, I started a lot of projects back in Vermont. I played with New England Witch and Maggie Esther Creed, and now I'm in Blood Moon Nights and uh, Soul Creek. But I just compose a lot of freaking music. So when I compose, I kind of like put them in different categories. Okay, this one's heavy, but not as heavy as Outrage, so it goes into that block. That one, okay, goes into this block. And so I had this one sitting there because it was too heavy for my projects, and thought, hey, let's see. And they took it, wrote lyrics, sent it back, and I was like, great, all right, let's do this. And I think it, this is a long uh, dream for Nick with the K there to have this on a actual label and out there because, yeah, it's a labor of love. I mean, and we just know. wanted the people to to hear these songs. I mean, we the as you can see god massive life and brother's death uh, unreal trip and environmental deficiencies were all on our first two demos in the uh, 92 93 uh dreams into reality and death crow were you can see it was back when the death thrash uh, was becoming slightly more technical and so on and then new blood came out but uh we thought yeah you know if we're gonna record this for ourselves uh why not just have it out there and and they are done to the T, to the same. There is not one guitar riff added than that was not done back in the 90s. It was just done with better sound. Because back in the day, we recorded with a four track. Not even that. The first demo was recorded with a ghetto blaster. <laughs> we pushed record and recorded the music with just the bass, guitar, and drums. And then we would loop that through a mixer and add the vocal. So it was an actual degradation of the first tape onto another tape with the vocals. So, you know, Nick, what I see here, you know, when earlier, when I mentioned the uh, idea of outrage back in the day being very genuine and authentic, well, you can read that even through the album nowadays. Does it ever feel like deja vu doing this all over again? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, uh, I mean, back then we, uh, you always wanted to get signed. You always wanted to be the, you know, the band up there. And uh, and back then we're talking about cassettes, right? You wanted to have that full cassettes on uh, either earache or uh, you know, be that uh, that first Christian death metal band. You'll be on a on another label that was this and that. And for 25, 26 years now, it's uh, it's nice to be on uh, Nasrul Recordings. Nick with a K, I'm gonna center you out for a minute. One of your emails that you sent to me, you sounded almost apologetic about the songs. 
telling me that you guys were just kids when they were recorded. Why apologize for them? Yeah, yeah. About the lyrics, yes. Uh, I guess uh, being French Canadian, uh, we we tend to uh, you know apologize for this, apologize for that kind of thing. It's kind of a uh, you know what we said they were written that way, and so we're just going to say it that way. It's childish lyrics, but uh, but we're proud of what that was back then, and we're still proud. But you just say yeah, sorry. Sometimes people ask for the lyrics, and we we'll say. I'm not sure, like, you know, I'll send you uh, Dreams Unto Reality and Death Row, because I thought those two were pretty much, uh, before New Blood, the, the best written song, because they were near the end, and we were becoming mature, and, you know, uh, so maybe going on 18 or something like that. Lyric-wise, mostly. Yeah, it was lyric-wise. The, the music itself is uh, good. And that's what you would revamp, say, if you were going to start Outrage AD from scratch? Yeah, yeah, because we, uh, I, I still listen to the the old school um, Death Thrash, uh, you know, Nick as well, and uh, Martin uh, on the Thrash, but he still listens to the Sacrifice and Razor, so we love that old school sound, because as much as I like death metal, I find it really hard to get into the newer bands, which are so technical, fast, crazy, so well produced, that is overproduced. I like the old... Uh, like Paul from Cannibal Corpse, the drums on the first like three, four albums where the ride seems like it's completely off. It's just beautiful. And and so you can listen to this album, The Outreach, uh, New Blood, and you can see there's nothing perfect about it. We didn't, uh, you know, he did a really great job uh, making me sound much better than I probably am. <laughs> but, uh, but I said, don't take too much off, you know. Some stuff's off, it's fine, you know. It's It's raw, it's normal. So we're happy with that. Yeah, we wanted it to sound like back in the day. So when we started this, there was only cassettes. There was no CDs. And we always thought, man, if we had started this and CDs were available, it would be a totally different story. The technology was just not there. I mean, you, I had a four-track, and I don't know a lot of people who had four-tracks. And even that, the sound, was it was all right, but it was still not what you can do today. I mean, I can record albums in my basement now just using my computer, and I've got no sound dampering anything. I just put a mic in front of my app and record, and that's what's on the album. And that's the reality of today is you can record an album in your house now. But back in the day, it wasn't possible. So, I mean, we had tapes, and back then fanzines were the big thing, and we sold tapes in Germany and... Australia. We we had a little map of all the places that would buy our tapes. And I mean, seriously, those tapes were terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they were just like, oh, my God, what is this noise? But it's genuine. It, it's, it was uh, just like we wanted to make music and make Raw and underground. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a resurgence of old school death thrash metal that for many years it's been overproduced. So people like having the, the rawness, but still not... You can go overboard with how raw you can be. We just wanted a, a really good like first time to go in studio to record the drums because that's hard to do and get a decent sound at home. So, But uh, Topan did a great job just mixing Yeah, I mean, things. the drums are phenomenal in that album. I mean, the sound of the drums is... I guess the thing, that's the hardest thing to do is, is record the drums. So Nick going to the studio to record the drums is probably the best thing on this album because the guitar work you can record anywhere and it you know tweak here and there and it, it sounds fine but a drum holy crap i try to mic drums here it's it's almost impossible because of the, everything vibrates so you got windows shattering you've got the 
guitar strings vibrating as you're playing. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I'm very happy with the sound of the album. Back to that business about you guys selling cassettes around the world. I mean, here you are. You're still teenagers. You must have felt like you were king of the music scene. Oh, yeah. King of the underground, yes. Yeah. It was an underground fanzine, and it was great to uh, to live through that because um, it's not There like was that no anymore. internet. Yeah, no there internet. was no internet. It was Someone fanzines. Someone would write you a letter. They'd put in a $5 bill directly <laughs> in the envelope, <laughs> and then you'd send it to Mexico. You'd send it to anywhere else, and it was, it was great. <laughs> Something that is old on New Blood, and it comes out on some of the songs like Death Crow, is that you bring in sound bites from an old horror movie? Okay, let me explain this. This is <laughs> this is yeah. this is something I've been wanting for uh, for twenty five years. When we were recording, I think the second demo back in the day, uh, Last Exorcist Still from White Zombie came out, and uh, so we would record the songs. You know, we'd do this, and but we'd always listen to the album. And uh, having a fascination with horror movies and loving the sample on that, I said one day I want one like that, and so. You go and, and do a, a full circle of getting where White Zombie got their name from, the movie White Zombie, with Bela Gossi, which has an amazing voice, right, for this. And so it was uh, it was just the fact that we could get that. And so all the samples from uh, even between God and Massive Life, uh, and it's just at the end, we just put more for the kind of uh, the big finale kind of thing. But it's all throughout for that same movie, White Zombie, which is a, which is a really cool movie depending on how Christianity and the zombie thing and everything back then, so it's still relevant. It's not something evil. <laughs> but you got to be honest. That's a terrible movie. But the sound bites are <laughs> But awesome. the sound bites are incredible. Hey, uh, <laughs> I love Ghosty's voice, man. Oh, my God. His voice is so haunting. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, we would rent movies. That was our thing. Every Friday, we'd go to this little... Convenience food store. Yeah. And Metcalf. So we had to find the worst cover and the worst intro. So you read like the back, and it made no sense. We would rent that movie, and we rented some movies more than twice, three times, four, and we would watch them and be like, "Oh my lord!" <laughs> and we would try to make sense because they were so bad. But that's the thing. We used to love doing that, and it was. Uh, and I'm still a fan of uh, yeah. B movies, anyways. B horror movies. I uh, I do like those. Yeah. And I thought you were going to say that your tastes have improved over all these decades. Nope. <laughs> no, 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 still, uh, still a teenager inside for sure. <laughs> I can't imagine that Outrage AD is going to stay the same. Now that you're back, now that you've signed to Nasrul Recordings, what's the plan for the future of the band? Well, we uh, we have a few songs left from some of our first two demos that are still pertinent and uh, we just didn't feel like putting them on this year. So we have some uh, leftover stuff that we still find as great songs nowadays. Um, so probably two, three of those going on the, uh, the next uh, recording, but also now it's going to be more newer stuff. So we're going to try and blend it all together. And then by the time we, if we pull out a third one, this would be all fresh at that point. Guys, thanks for coming for this talk with The Antidote, and best of luck with the music of Outrage AD. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Amen. We all appreciate the music out there. Thanks for your support. <laughs> 